Hello, everyone. My name is Caleb. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Tribal Talk, a survivor podcast. Welcome to Tribal Talk, where we are all Kool-Aid man Rick Devins all the time, 24-7. And in case you haven't heard, the Rick Devins bandwagon is officially open for business. And Choo-choo! Err, buddy, is hopping on. Rick worked hard for and was able to find and stealthily retrieve a hidden immunity idol from right uh, under or above everyone's noses question mark tried to use ron's menu during tribal council then after it failed he called out ron and julie for lying to his face in front of the jury and in front of probst so the question is this during that most exciting moment were you cheering laughing or booing or what combination i was mostly cheering because we finally got to see an immunity idol played correctly and that was great to see we haven't seen anything like that we only have one more chance i thought all of the idols this season had been found and i guess they do have at least one post merge idol hidden and devins was able to find it so i'm super proud of him for that it's probably wentworth's idol that she left with they rehid that i believe that the idols that get flushed don't go back onto the island i i think they do why wouldn't they i think the idol had been there this whole time Ever since the merge, I think it's been up there. Hard to know. So that because consequently the clue was hidden as well. I don't think they just now hid the clue. Anyway, I think that you know this is clearly a victory for Rick. It puts a bigger target on his back. The only thing I didn't like was he is such a natural showman, and you can tell he's used to being in front of a camera and in front of an audience, right? Because his background as an anchorman naturally lends itself to him being a good public performer the mm-hmm. jury is just so reactive this season i think they kind of feed off of one another i was cheering and laughing uh there was no booing i absolutely loved it i i was kind of surprised honestly when he made it a little bit personal and talked about his kids thinking he was dumb but in the moment i mean we've known rick to be dramatic uh, especially in no. the moment when he's betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that surprising. I think, um, <laughs> I think Ron deserved it. I, and I like Ron. I think he's great, Yeah, but, uh, he, he deserved it for what he did to Devin's. I mean, you play the game, you're playing with fire and eventually you're going to get burnt. And that's what happened in front, for sure. in front of the whole world. And uh, more immediately in front of Jeff and the entire jury. Definitely. So Rick was like flexing hard. He was like, oh, you're yeah. trying to trick me. I've got you good. And, and the, the cheesing at the jury. Oh, and, man. And just, yeah. And the jury was just so reactive. Do oh, you think were. that the jury has been too much this season? Um, At times, yeah. I, I, I think so. Um, I can't remember a season where the jury... I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, you have a really um, PO'd member coming back right after being uh, like I'm thinking of Chaos Cast, right? And she flips yeah. off. 
she flips off her <laughs> entire tribe. Oh man, that was so great. Uh, <laughs> so so we've had like some reaction, but I think right. I think that this is the most we've ever seen. You know, I, I I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, I personally don't mind it. I think it's I think it adds a little bit of a new dimension to the game. You know, if if this is truly the first time the jury has been this reactive and it's not just the edit, I think that it can be both uh, good and bad for the players. Right. I think it's good because you can easily tell who the main threat is for the votes by just looking at who the jury is reacting to. Um, if they're, if they're overt with their reactions and you're going to know if they hate somebody or if they love somebody. Um, now it's bad if you're the player that the jury is reacting to, mm-hmm. right? Cause you don't want that target necessarily. Now Devin's is loving it, but I'm not sure that he's thinking about the game really as he's doing that because everyone can see that the jury just loves him. It's just solidifying that threat status that he's had. So I personally, I think the most fun juries are the juries that are just angry at everyone. And so you get a mixture of reactions. But this season, it seems like everyone is basically rooting for Devons. And most people don't really care about the others. Like you have Wentworth rooting for Lauren. But generally, it looks like everyone's rooting for Devons. And if Devons gets voted off, I don't think the reactions will continue, you know, barring some crazy tribal council. I tend to agree with that. I think that the jury has been a little too bombastic. And don't get me wrong, I love the the gifts and I love getting to see the memes afterwards just as much as everyone else. Right. <laughs> Aubrey's face. Yeah, you know, Aubrey, you know, freaking out and you know, throwing her <laughs> arms to the side and being like, Oh my gosh, you know, and it is super entertaining. Yeah. But uh, I think it's taken the jury from a position of observing to basically participating within tribal council. And like you said, that's going to start affecting future votes. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that it's wrong, but it is different from how survivor has been historically played. Big Mm -hmm. surprise there, right? The game is changing. It always has. But when Rick did his thing, this episode, he didn't just get nods or just a little bit of acknowledgement. He got gasps. He got cheers. He got clapping. And it really cemented that he's obviously the front runner. Now I think it took, basically the assumption that he is the favorite of the jury and made it a 100% certainty. On a related note, something that was revealed during this tribal council from the jury was that Reem appears to have become one with the Edge of Extinction because she was wearing the sail from the mast. (laughs) That is not a joke. She actually was. Yep, yep. She is, is finally so funny to me. She's reached level 9,000. Dude, uh, level 9,000 Edge of Extinction. Just because of how poetic it would be, I hope that she's the player that comes back from the edge. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? It would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. It's such a strange thing, though, that we have been watching this person who was voted out at the very beginning. And here's the thing. She's not really playing Survivor. She's just sitting on an island rotting away. Dude. Like, she's just getting thinner and thinner. Listen to this. Check this out, okay? Okay. All right. We are now on day 31 of this season. Okay. She was voted out on day three. Okay. That means that she has been (laughs) on the edge for 28 days, a full four weeks. I have to give her some major kudos. Four weeks, no rewards, nothing but monotony and boredom. Dude, dude, 
What Dude. what if what if she's just thinking I have nothing better to do at home? <laughs> she's like, might as well be out here. <laughs> I keep saying dude, and I don't even mean it ironically. Like I'm actually like saying it like <laughs> I can't believe it's it. It's contagious. It's contagious. Everyone, I'll I'll tell you this. Everyone on the edge of extinction will leave a completely different person because of Reem. Reem mm-hmm. Reem will change everyone. I have to assume that Reem has come and, and will leave change as well because you can't spend 28 days without bathing, without eating anything but rice and some fish that Chris and Joe can catch and not change as a person. But I can talk about Reem all day. We have to get to the meat of the episode, Ben. Yes, yes. The My meat. first question for you, the meaty questions are that we saw Ron and his loved one win the loved one's challenge. And this was a throwback to a challenge which we first saw in season 20, Heroes versus Villains, where we had some great moments like where Kobe Donaldson was like chewing out his brother and it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and complaining. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so he wins the reward of getting to have his loved one come back to the beach with him. And he chose Julie and Gavin to accompany him with their loved ones also. Did he make the logical choice? I think that, to be fair, um, with a game that Ron was playing, there was really it was really a no win scenario for him. Anyone he completely chose. agree. I don't think I don't think he made the right choice. You know, given hindsight, I think he sh- he should have known better. Generally, if you have a clear number one target, um, and you get the opportunity to isolate that target, um, then you want to actually take the target with you on uh the reward so you can keep your eye on them that has been a uh successful strategy at times i think this would have kept devons from having extra time to look for his idol that's a great point and would also keep him from being able to strategize with a larger group at home now he didn't take advantage of the strategy opportunity but at least then you're depriving him of any potential move he could have made Right. So instead, he took the people who were already the closest with him. Right. He took his closest allies. Mm. So ultimately, he didn't help his position in the game at all whatsoever. In the best case scenario, by his own, you know, in his own mind, he's not helping his position in the game because Gavin's not going to double cross him. Right. At least he doesn't think that he is. And Julie you know, is not going to lose her head. It was the worst possible thing for him to have won that challenge. Um, There wasn't a perfect play at that point um, because now he's essentially forced to do two things, right? Either one, he reveals his top three alliance and then make everyone else who you're supposedly friends with, you make them all nervous or um, you take some people on the bottom and potentially make the rest of your alliance nervous that they might not be at the top. Man, we were on the same page on this, man. I have almost the exact same things written down. Dude, yeah. and this is and this is the curse of the loved ones challenge yeah. that was referred to by Jeff. I, I I honestly, if I was Ron and I was thinking before the challenge, I would have thrown it. Hey, can you stop reading off my notes, apparently? <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hey, agreement is good, man. It's good, it's good. 
But um, I, I, yeah, I probably would have thrown the challenge or maybe not visibly thrown it, but maybe do like Devin's did, <laughs> which is just catch up with your loved one yeah. while you're supposed to be playing. Yeah, I, I agree on all of your main points. Jeff said, and I quote, big political decision. Games have been won and lost at this yeah. point in the game. Totally true, because like you said, you either can take the people you're close with, which gains you nothing or take the people you're not good with and your allies might feel slighted and turn on you. Mm -hmm. Or you can do what Brenda Lowe did and choose to give up the loved one's win so that way everyone else can have the loved one's picnic and then they still vote you out because (laughs) they're like, oh, snap. They'll do anything to win. We have to vote them out. So you're screwed if you do. You're screwed if you don't. You're screwed if you give it up. The only way, in my opinion, to come out ahead there is if you're like Gavin or Julie and you don't win, but you're taken. Even then, you might still be despised, but you're better off than winning outright for sure. Absolutely. You want your ally to win, but you don't necessarily want to win. I think it would be the hardest challenge to throw because I know that these people are just emotionally exhausted. They have to be, right? They've been dealing with anxiety on a semi-daily basis because every day after the immunity challenge but before tribal, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And at the end of the day, unless you have that necklace, there is some chance that you're going to go home. So you're dealing with that and you want to do well and no one there is really there for you. And you just want some security and someone to confide in. And the best thing for your game is to say no to it. It would have to be the hardest one to throw out of all of the possible challenges to throw but like you said it's probably the most important one to throw moving into our next question here gavin uh won his second individual immunity challenge um managing to stay up on the little tiny uh foot supports longer than in everyone else i think it was about 50 minutes which is just mind-blowing that is a really long time Yeah, nearly an hour. So did this immunity win, in your mind, impact Gavin's willingness to blindside Ron? Or do you think he would have been open to backstabbing Ron anyways? I have to assume that Survivor players are generally more willing to push and to make big moves when they're safe. So in a perfectly controlled scenario, I think that Gavin would be more willing, especially when he had the choice to vote out one of mm-hmm. the two biggest threats, right? He basically was given the option to stick with the plan and vote for Rick or use Aurora's double vote and vote for Ron as a contingency just in case and take out the next biggest threat. So what I really wanted him to do was to say to Victoria and Aurora and Lauren, how about I vote for Rick and you all vote for Ron? Because I think he would have preferred to have stayed Mm -hmm. in good with Ron. Everyone's on Rick's bad side. What did you think? I I agree. Generally, you feel a lot safer to make big moves when you win an immunity challenge. I think that that's generally very true. However, in this case, I don't think Gavin felt vulnerable prior to the challenge. And it's hard to say that for sure. Um, but nobody's been bringing up Gavin as a threat this whole game, at least according to the edit. I don't think Gavin wanted to win because he felt vulnerable. I think he wanted to win to strengthen his resume and also, you know, for bragging, right? I mean, it's, it's a great feeling, uh, to win that immunity challenge, to push through the pain and all of that. But I just can't, I can't imagine that Gavin felt very vulnerable going into that. Sure. That challenge. And so I feel like 
um, it was it was not necessarily the challenge, but kind of the circumstances surrounding um, the tribal council that led him to ultimately backstab Ron. It sounded like from the edit, at least leading up to the tribal council, that Gavin was solid with Ron because Ron brought Gavin on the reward. But um, ultimately, I think it was you know, partially Aurora giving Gavin the advantage. And then Gavin also, because he's smart, realized that he's not going to beat Ron in the final. And why continue to allow that man to manipulate people when you have the chance to take somebody out, you do it. And that's kind of a theme we've been watching this entire season long is people are generally seizing opportunities um, when maybe they haven't in past seasons. This is a season of opportunists. One of the opportunities that Ron seized back in episode one was during the chaos of the marooning. He was able to find the very first advantage of the game, the advantage menu, the now storied advantage menu, which mm-hmm. Rick exposed him in his lie by playing it. We discussed back on episode three of Tribal Talk that he could use this as kind of a Trojan horse and give this expired advantage menu to another player. I literally said, maybe he can tear off the bottom and give it to another player. So he did this with Rick. And my question to you is, did Ron make the right strategic choice in trying to pacify Rick by giving him the dead advantage? Uh, I think that he did make the right strategic choice. Um, I think when you're playing the game that Ron is playing, which is to make everyone happy. And I don't think that that's always the best strategy. It only works with certain people. And I don't mm-hmm. think those certain people were in this season. If, if, but if you're trying to pacify everyone, then yes, do it, go all out. Um, and it's important. In fact, to make Rick who he has lied to twice in a row, um, you have to make him as comfortable as possible. Um, for two reasons. One, so that he doesn't look for idols. Or two, so he doesn't try to make something happen strategically. Also, it doesn't hurt to make an ally, right? Sure. Um, and otherwise, I mean, he has very little to lose. It's a useless scrap of paper at this point. Uh, might as well be toilet paper. Actually, it might be... Hey, actually, it might be toilet paper. At this point, it is, because I think Rick gets to keep it. So It looks kind of It looks kind of soft. I think I'd use it like if it was wrapped around my um, my toilet paper roll and there was no other toilet paper in reach. I don't even think they get toilet paper out there, so I would probably give it a try. But anyways, so and I mentioned this before. It backfired um, on Ron. He, he was playing with fire and he got burned. But I mean, you've got to take risks, right? You have to respect someone who's playing the game all out, even if it backfires so I do. So I, I give him props for it. And I give Devin's props for being smart about the way that he countered that move. If I abstain from using hindsight to evaluate his choice, I do think it was a decent idea. Rick seemed to think that it was at least plausible that the advantage was real. I mean, I think that Rick Devins knew in the moment that it doesn't make any sense for Ron right. to give him essentially a perfectly good hidden immunity idol when he's the one in the hot seat just for trust, you know, quote unquote. Maybe he would say, hey, I'm going to let you hold on to this for me, but I'm not officially giving it to you. That would have been more believable. Or he could have said, hey, I want to show you that I have this. And then that may have worked. What I would have preferred Ron to have done 
is to actually just put the advantage menu into Devin's bag. Clearly, these players, Aurora and Victoria especially, have no problem going through other people's bags. And what I think he should have done is put it in his bag because Rick is used to getting advantages from people on the edge of extinction. So if he woke up one morning and found this advantage menu in his bag, I don't think that he would think that it was that weird. He'd be like, oh, someone from the edge sent me another advantage. Maybe I can use this as vote. And that may have pacified him better. Oh, man, that's brilliant. I think that would have been more of the Trojan horse mindset than what he did this episode. I'm super proud of Rick for saying, you know what? This is nice and everything, but I'm not sure that it's real, so I'm going to keep on looking for everything else. It, it just doesn't make sense. Rick can understand at least basic level strategy and can understand that it doesn't make sense for Ron to give him that immunity idol. Yeah, that's that's a great point, though. I think, I think that if he had hidden it in his bag, um, the thing is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Ron uh, knows exactly how the process. Yeah, he works. hasn't received a advantage like that. He's got no love, right? He hasn't gotten anything like that. Aurora has, and Rick has, and I think that's it. So he, so he doesn't know like the format of that. But I, I mean, it's still possible he could have figured it out, and that would have been fantastic. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So, so because Devin's correctly played his newfound hidden immunity idol um ron's vote out was on a 3-1 vote and gavin apparently used aurora's extra vote and lauren voted for ron that made the three what does this vote reveal about the players going forward even though aurora and victoria were technically on the wrong side of the vote because they both voted for rick and he wasn't the player that ended up going home they were still as my boy keith nail would say they were still sticking to the plan, right? <laughs> the four of them, Gavin, Victoria, Aurora, and Lauren, were working in tandem to put votes where they wanted them so that way it would be the majority on Rick. And in the event that he was immune, we would still have three on Ron so that way he would go right. home as a backup. Them working in tandem like this shows that voting blocks are alive and well. This was yeah. a 3-1, and one, formerly Kama and formerly Manu split. I think it shows that going forward, people are going to align themselves in a way to where the biggest targets are the ones that are being targeted, regardless of what the alliances are. The tightest alliance that we had going into this vote was the Ron and Julie alliance. We literally, we say the word literally a lot on this show, but we literally had Ron picking up Julie after the challenge and physically carrying her back to the bench so that she could rest. <laughs> this was clearly the strongest alliance in the game at this point. Uh, yes, and now that's definitely. gone. Yep. I don't know of any other alliances. Victoria and Gavin have a semblance of an alliance, but they aren't always on the same page. So this also shows that Rick is also completely alone. His path forward is unclear because he's obviously the biggest target. Next week's episode title is actually called Idol or Bust. And this is a not-so-subtle nod, in my opinion, that Rick Devins is going to follow in the footsteps of Survivor Season 35 winner on the Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers winner, Ben Drebergen. Do you remember him? He was the Marine guy who basically won because he kept finding clutch idols, won a few immunities, and then also won the fire-making challenge. Mike in uh, blue-collar versus white-collar. Uh, is a great and no collar. Example. Don't forget no collar. Oh, okay, whatever. No collar. Yeah, they... <laughs> but yeah, no. It's the same exact type of mentality for sure. Basically, yeah. there's such a clear 
underdog that then their story to the jury is so compelling that they're the biggest threat so i think that rick unfortunately doesn't have any people for an alliance and he's not going to i don't think he has a a prayer for getting anyone what do you think no there's there's no way the only person he might be able to sway is julie but that's assuming julie becomes completely irrational again no one is going to hitch um their train uh, to Devin's, he he's gonna win. Um, so I think uh, one of two things will happen, and uh, I think that either um, one threesome will remain strong. Um, they'll get together and say, "Okay, this is the final three because we really haven't had that much talk about a final three, right? Who who is gonna you know? No, I haven't seen like handshake deals. I will take you to the final three. Like I haven't seen that happen. I think it's because they all know that it's a bunch of hogwash. Yeah. So, but now I think is the time when you have six people left, where maybe Victoria, Gavin, and Lauren. Maybe Lauren. Um, I think that Lauren would be a great get for for both Gavin and Victoria. Gavin and Victoria will probably likely split votes. Lauren's not really going to get that many votes. She'll get Wentworth maybe one other vote. But but so either that will happen, a threesome will be created and will remain strong um, to go to final tribal, um, and that's that's what I would try to do. Right? If I'm if I'm still in the game, I'd be like, all right, you and you are going to go with me. Like, let's do this. Um, and try to pick people who are likely to, <laughs> to want to take me or to feel like they can beat me. Um, or the other, the other thing that might happen is that they will continue this random shark feeding frenzy where they continue to take out the biggest threats. Right. They just pick out the whale and say, go get them. Exactly. The, the problem is either way, like you said, no one's going to take Rick to the end because they know they would lose. Um, and 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 here's another thing. There really isn't another clear cut threat. Like I've heard Aurora. Aurora's gotten a bunch of votes, but she hasn't made any moves. Well, the reason why Aurora is getting votes though is not because she's the biggest threat, but because she is the blindside shield, right? Exactly. She's, she's the blindside votes, shield. Like half of her votes are from Rick alone when people keep telling him and he keeps believing that Aurora is the person being voted out. I think like three of her six votes are because of Rick alone, which is hilarious. But this this discussion we're having is directly related to our next question, which yeah. is that we saw Wardog vote out his shield in Kelly Wentworth too early, and then he was consequently voted out. Then this last week, we saw Ron make the same exact mistake in voting out his shield, which was Wardog, and then consequently he was voted out. Rick now is the biggest remaining threat by a mile. Do you think that we'll see a different approach from the remaining players? Will the feeding frenzy stop? Will they try to use Rick as a shield to make it another vote or two? Or will they vote him out as soon as he's exposed? Yeah, they're going to vote him out as soon as he's exposed. Agreed. Uh, there's there's basically no way, no matter no matter what happens next episode, this, this season, at least um, after the merge this season uh, of survivors has been innately capable of identifying the biggest threat and taking them out like i mean just from aubrey and joe to wentworth to war dog like everyone that this game has set its sights on has gone the thing is too we haven't seen a lot of clutch immunity idol wins i i i it depends on what type of challenge happens next week but i think that devons is going to go home the next time he loses immunity for sure 
I think that, like I said, the next episode named Idol or Bust, I think he's going to be on the chopping block again. I think he's going to go full Ben from season 35 and try to find something to make it another day. When I was thinking about this question, something that came to mind was that Survivor as a season is kind of divided up into three main phases. And the first phase, I would say, is pre-merge. So we're in tribal immunities. You don't have to exercise a whole lot of jury management because the people that you're voting out don't end up on the jury, at least typically speaking. The strategy, therefore, is less complex. And you have time to form really strong bonds later, so a lot of the game doesn't happen. After the merge, you have the second phase, and this is where you have to learn to interact with new players. The targets move from the weakest player to the strongest player, aka Joe, and you can't hide behind your tribal lines as easily. So if you're a strong social player, you might move up on the chopping block. The third phase, I think, is marked by the loved ones challenge. I think that's where the end game really actually begins. And this is where you can really start mapping out your path to final tribal. We're now at the fabled final six, and you only have to make it through two more tribal councils. The mystical fabled final six. Yeah, man, that Ron told of in in years past. So now that you're here, you only have to make it through two more tribal councils, make fire, and then you're in the final three. The, The amount of things you have to do really isn't that long anymore. I say all of this to make the case that I think that Ron and Wardog both remove their shields too early, but in this third phase of the game, as one of these players, you cannot risk letting Rick Devins get to the final three. I completely agree. The moment he's exposed, I think he's gone. I think he's everyone's top priority. We've kind of talked about this a few times during the season, but essentially the people who have been going out since the merge have been threats, the threats to win it all. Um, I mean, think about it. We still have Julie, who is absolutely nothing in terms of strategy or moves or anything. She's the breakdown queen. Uh, Aurora, who has been used as a meat shield by so many people, but has done nothing. And I, I have to say, when she gave away her advantage, the one opportunity that she had to use something in front of the jury and to, to claim a move for herself, it, you know, she gave it away. Um, she's been completely vulnerable each tribal with no plan of her own creation. Um, and then Lauren, who rode Wentworth's coattails through the merge and is now seemingly riding Victoria's. She's getting her cues from Victoria now. So we've seen threat after threat after threat get eliminated. And now we're left with some pretty weak players in, in my estimation. I think um, Gavin and Vic- Victoria... They're just sneaky good. Their success is basically going to be determined by their final tribal speech and their answers to the jury's questions. I think that if Gavin and Victoria make it to the end, as long as Rick is not there with them, it's their game to win or lose. That's kind of my take on what we can expect next. I think um, we've pretty much established Rick's going to be the next out. I think Aurora will go if Rick does not, just because her name has come up. It's comfortable. It's easy. Everyone's used to hearing it. Um, And Aurora hasn't made a lot of people mad that was brought up in this episode. Yeah, and that's true. But 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 she she's done. She's done nothing. Yeah, I agree. At this point, I feel fairly confident in saying 
that the winner is going to be either Victoria, Gavin, or Rick. But I think that those three out of the six, one of them is going to be the winner for sure. Absolutely. But with that, I do think we should wrap it up. So thank you all for listening. If you can all leave us a review or some feedback on our page on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, we would really appreciate that. You can find us on Twitter at Tribal Talk Pod on Twitter or at TribalTalkPod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us some feedback through there. Other than that, we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone.